Welcome to the Cryptomaniacs Podcast. Join Taskmaster 4450 and John G. Olson each and every week as they dive into the crazy world of cryptocurrency. If you are new to crypto or you've been through a few bear markets in the past, this podcast is for you. It's time to start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to Crypto Maniacs Podcast. The Crypto Maniacs. It's like when you know they say the Ohio State University. You ever hear that? So it's like the crypto. Yeah, right. I agree with you absolutely. Yeah, the Crypto Maniacs. Yeah, my way, they call it the U, for, or they the, used to for University of Miami. Miami. Yep. That the was U. when they were kick ass uh, in football. I don't know if they are anymore. I don't think they are. But yeah, the, so the Cryptomaniac show. Yes. Like the Tonight Show, you know. Yeah. There's only one. The. It's the show. Yeah. yeah. That's Task. I'm John. Welcome to the show. Uh, it's good because we, we haven't had a Q&A session for a while because we've had special guests and uh, scheduling. I thought we, and, I thought we had one last Friday. No, no, last no I remember. We didn't we have didn't the have... questions, so it was just me and you rambling. Gotcha. Yeah, or ranting. You had some rants, which were... Yeah, you set me off. I blame you. Sorry. I, I promise I won't. Hey, I, I, I caught uh, you and Eliana on replay. I didn't catch you live, but I caught you your show last night with Eliana. Some some good stuff there. Not bad, huh? No, we, it, it, it's not. It's, we, we got a lot of good ideas from it, and um, actually we're developing this whole little concept. Hello, Edgar. We're, we're developing this whole little concept in the CTP Discord now to try to uh, combine um, the, the efforts of everyone um, to, you know, get some stuff out there um, for people to take action and, and get some better results. So um, it's going to be interesting to see if the, the community can come together for that. Uh, I'm excited for it. But it's all from literally writing things down five years ago and stashing it in my journals and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Anyways, it, you know. Anyways. So there you go. Now, is, yes, he, is Thursday just usually you and Eliana? I thought Blaine was on. Yeah, no, Blaine. Blaine's just finishing up, right? So Blaine's Blaine's just uh, okay. got a couple more things, and then he'll be probably next week. He'll he'll be here full time. So, um, just uh, just a couple things he had to you know dot some I's and cross some T's, but. It's usually us three. So, well, it used to be just me and Blaine, and then we dragged Eliana tooth and nail to to you know show up and it's like it's like we were just talking about High Fest before. I guess we'll get into that too for a second. Um, happy High Fest weekend for everyone celebrating. Uh, it's like it's like a holiday, right? Um, but Eliana's like in European time, and she shows up to our shows at like you know midnight, doing our doing the shows at like midnight for us. She's she's a She's a savvy bloke. Well, uh, yeah, I'm not that all that impressed because, hell, I see the time of your posts and you're writing posts usually late at night too. So it's some people burn the the what do they call it the midnight oil the midnight candle. Uh, now, if she got up at three a.m. to do the show, right, had to her. Yeah, and okay. that was the problem with High Fest. You wouldn't have gone to sleep last night. It kicked off as you were probably climbing into bed or about to I was going to bed and and then the, the announcement went out that they were about to go live like 
time zones, man. <laughs> they're, they're a problem. I, I, I want anybody in the comment section, uh, uh, either listening to the broadcast on recording uh, on Three Speak or on our live comment sections on Vim or or on Restream here. What is your opinion? Do you think there are more people on Hive in the Western Hemisphere or the Eastern Hemisphere? Let's take a little informal survey. Uh, I think there's more people on Hive in the Western Hemisphere, but I could be mistaken. John, what do you think? I think it's probably evenly split. Um, oh, well, look at that politically correct. No, answer. no, no. Like, think about it. I mean, it, in in North America, you've got North America, then you got South America. So you got you know basically Canada, the U.S., Mexico, and then you've got you know the the the, the Caribbean, and then South America. So you got your Venezuelan population, which is huge on Hive. So there's a big chunk of people here. Brazil's on, pretty good. But then you go to Europe and 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 Africa and stuff. You've got Nigeria. You've got England. You've got Germany. You've got Poland. You've got you've got a big chunk of people there as well. Um, it's almost I think I and this is probably you know no, I don't know the demographics of the whole blockchain, um, but you know Asia might be a a big chunk as well. So you got you've got like three kind of parts of the world that are just. I, I would agree with you before the the hard before the fork from Steam because there was a big Korean community. Right. I don't know if there's that big. I mean, we know up up it they hold a lot of hype and like to pump it, but that's right. just a, a plague toy. I don't think there's really that many posts coming that I've seen coming out. I mean, I could be mistaken. I don't see everything. Well, Filipino comes. population is big. That's true. Filipino uh, population is big, so you, we do have to count that. And uh, India, that, yep. it's hard to argue with the Indian population. So yeah, when, when it's, you it's spread out, man, it's global, bro. It's global. It is global. It is global. <laughs> you know, they they do have. If you, I mean, we don't have. I don't think much in China, but India. You know, the population. I, I read fifty nine percent of the population globally. The global population lives in Asia, so. Right. You know, that, that's just random numbers and probably would lead. Okay, I'm probably wrong. But yeah. anyway, it still sucked that High Fest started my time about 3 a.m., 1 a.m. your time. And yeah. So I haven't had a chance to watch it. I, I was busy this morning, and I'll catch it on replay. It looked to me, looking over the roster, the stuff I would want to see is actually tomorrow, not okay. today. Okay. You know, three speaks tomorrow. I mean, Block Trades and Hobo went off uh, – to kick it off, yeah. yeah, they were the first ones. Archange was today, uh, but then a bunch I didn't know, which that's something to watch just because I don't know who a lot of those people are. Right, yeah, there you go. We got questions, and we got a, quite a few, so uh, let's let's dive into your questions this week, uh, and um, we'll have some fun. You ready, Task? You ready to, to, to fire away? There, uh, what a time to thrive on Hive. That was my. I'm so witty with the the headlines. Anyways, best start. This is John. He's up. Howdy, guys. Question for the smartest crypto people I know. Oh, buddy, dude. Hold on. You got to get out more, John. Dude, I'm just about to, dude, if we're the smartest people, dude. Yeah. Expand your network. Expand your horizons, bro. Um, I understand the importance of holding and staking worker B, but what does B do for me? <laughs> thanks. I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Oops, wrong format. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for calling. First time, first time caller, long time listener. Um, yeah. 
Oh, dude, what does B do? Oh my gosh! Uh, as a hive top ten hive hive engine witness, um, what does B do? B is basically kind of like the currency, but it's also a staking token. Uh, so it's got a proof of brain element on it. Uh, it's what the hive engine team accepts for payments if you want to buy the tokens. Uh, you need B to basically buy things in the hive engine ecosystem if you want to set up tokens. You want to set up tribal decks, liquidity pools. You need B as the token to do it. But it's also got very flying under the bar. It's got a proof of brain concept. They actually have, I think it's Hive, I think it's tribal deck slash blog or something like that. They actually have a front end that if you create on that and you put the hashtag Hive dash engine, you actually get B tokens for creating. So there's a proof of brain element to it. Um, but it's really the, the currency that is used to buy um, liquidity pools, The if you want to set up tokens. Uh, that's basically what B is. Now, there's other use cases for it, but that's always that's a big thing with, with the witnesses on Hive Engine. Like, what, what are we are we using Worker B? Are we using B? Uh, what should be the stake coin that determines governance? It is Worker B. I hope to goodness it's Worker B. But Every indication I've seen the rumblings, I've heard it in in the in the witness chat that they're really trying to figure out how to do more with the B token. Um, and so, you know, not financial advice. I'm not saying go sell your worker B because me, Blaine, and Eliana are pretty heavy holders of worker B. Uh, but um, it's it, it, Hive Engine is still cent centralized. I mean, and and you know, as a witness there. They, you know, we have opinions that can give, but it's there's a pecking order. It's it's you know whatever goes is going, and everything I'm seeing, it's kind of like worker B is they're trying to figure out a way to make B the main token for governance and everything. But right now it's worker B, and I hope it's worker B for a long time because worker B is great. I love worker B. You love worker B? I don't have any worker B. Mm. And I sell my B when I get it. There you go. Perfect. And I buy SPS these days. Heck yeah. Heck, don't worry, dude. There is Splinterlands questions. Look at that. The next one up, we have a Splinterlands question. How, yeah, I know. How... We had Splinterlands guest on Tuesday. We got this today. Then we got a Splinterlands guest on Tuesday. So you're just in hog heaven. Dude, did, did you see how quick they sold out of Riff Watchers? I, I, I watched your program last night i told you 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 couldn't I, help but talk I, about I, it. I you, can't you gave it. a blow-by-blow description about what you did and how you got yours and 45 seconds later there was none more to be had insanity yeah absolute insanity absolute insanity hello pat fire welcome okay so tokenized has got i love tokenized tokenized always on same wavelength we're always thinking splinterlands here so hello maniacs my question today is about splinterlands how do you feel about the switch on battle rewards from DEC? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Path to Fire Series FOMO, unbelievable FOMO. I'm sitting there trying to figure out how to raise 3,000 bucks so I can go buy a validator node. You know, I'm just such a D-gen. It's so bad. Anyways, um, <laughs> how do you feel about the switch on battle rewards from DEC to SPS? Is there a potential risk in rewarding the governance token in a way that's so easily farmable by bots? <sighs> like... 
Yeah, there's always the risks. And I mean, Splinterlands, they they do a lot of things to protect from abuse, which is which is great. There'll always be someone who's smarter in the room that will figure out a way to to get around things. But as a whole, I don't see it being a massive pr- problem because they're so on top of that stuff. And the community's on top of it, too. Uh, how do I feel about it? I love it. I absolutely love it. My efforts now um, are rewarded in SPS, which is the governance token, which is... Now, I'm, I'm bullish on both. I'm bullish on all aspects of Splinterlands, DC, and <clears throat> SPS. But I'm trying to grow my SPS stake. So if I'm going to actually play the game... And then get some D- some SPS for actually playing it. To me, it's a huge win. I love it. I I personally absolutely love getting SPS for playing the game. Um, and obviously, Task is bullish too because he's buying SPS. So, you know, there you go. So. I'm just following the suggestion, not financial advice, but the suggestion of Neil McSpadden. So. He seemed to indicate that there was some nice upside on SPS, and with all that's going on, hard to argue with the logic. Yeah. And hello, Lisa in Vim. Welcome, welcome. Um, yeah, same with me, Path the Fire says, I'm so happy about getting the SPS. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, do you hear that rumbling in the background? Do you hear the crunching? No. No? no? Okay. Because I got my, my Rottweiler is deciding to chew a plastic bag right beside me. So this is just, you know, added, added bonus for you guys. Give me a second. Well, you're in, you're going to hear the, the musical interludes of task for, for one second as I get the bag away from my dog. Well, to ask a question and he left. So, oh, well, that's what happens when you come to Mickey Mouse hour. (laughs) You could at least ask the question and then I could have like started answering it while you did the best. It was like a second. It was just a second. I just, I was yes. going to get, I, yes, you know, I thought was. it was good for the listeners. Yeah. You, you did good. Thank you, sir. Uh, guess what? We have another Splinterlands question. Are you excited? Uh, how did I guess? <laughs> DevPress says, I have a question. I recently read about Splinterlands getting its own fest or event, and it seems the popularity is rising. Do you think it would bring more cash flow and new users to Hive, or has Splinterlands grown beyond Hive uh, and may not get much benefit? of it i think everything splinterlands does is absolutely fantastic for hive personally um because every single account that that hive um that splinterland needs needs a hive account so to me it's a huge win i don't know what do you think are you asking me a splinterlands question what was the question (laughs) what do you think I recently, he said, he recently read about, you know, Splinterlands having its event. Uh, and um, it, it's a good idea. I mean, it's, it's good for Hive. It, Sorry? It, it's anything, anything. I mean, we see the excitement out of a certain group of people who are going to Hive Fest. And, you know, it, it, it helps. It's hard to get that digitally, even as much as we have the technology and we Zoom and all this other stuff. There's something about getting together with people who share a similar interest, whether it's Hive, whether it's Splinterlands. And, you know, I think it's great. And I think it's great for Splinterlands to do this. And also because a lot of people involved in Splinterlands, not all, a lot of people are hardcore 
long-time hivers, it's a way for them to get together. So it's kind of like a, a mini hive fest in North America or a follow-up hive fest. It's, it's a gathering of people from hive. Yes, there will be Splinterlands people who don't know what hive is, don't really give a shit. Um, so I, I think that's, that's a good thing. I think we need more of them to really solidify the core that we have in, in each of these projects. I'd love to see, and there's been some discussion, you know, uh, about Leo finance doing something and, uh, a Leo fest, if you will, or Leo Palooza or something. You know, over because I was trying to get to Splinterfest just because, you know, I thought it would be easier for me to get there, but the powers that be, um, uh, yeah, we'll get into that later. But I was, you know, in this affiliate marketing online business world for, for over 20 years now. And one of the biggest things uh, I attest to my any type of success I found over the past 20 years plus was going to live events. Uh, the people you meet, the hands you shake it's not necessarily to go and listen to the presenters and stuff like that. That's, that's not what these things are for. It is completely networking. It is building relationships with people. You might do business with them. You might, you know, do a trade with them when it comes to Splinterlands. You might, you know, it's, there's, there's camaraderie, there's community. There's nothing that beats it. There's absolutely nothing that beats a, a live event where people are actually shaking hands. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's so, so if you guys ever get a chance to go to one of these things, whether it's Hive Fest next year or Splinter Fest in the next couple of weeks or, or whatever, make the commitment, make the effort to try to get to them because they're absolutely fantastic. And it'll just explode your, your appreciation, let's say of the people behind these communities. That's my pitch for Splinter Fest, but yes, Dev Press, I think it's a huge benefit for Hive. He's got to remember, it's still there's still only like a hundred thousand active like accounts or something like that on Splinterlands, right? It's not like, and then now now go look at the gaming platform, something like Roblox or Minecraft or Call of Duty, and it's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people. It will benefit Hive the more Splinterlands gets big. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt, absolutely. It's, it's if, if, if for no other reason, all of us can post and point. Anytime we mention Hive, we can point to Splinterland. So, you know, and to, 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 to use Splinterland and to use the new soccer game, you're going to need a Hive account. So, yep. I mean, right there from the start, they're, they're showing the, the Hive account management system. Which is superior, in my opinion. And we're a little biased. C-Pole is up. Hey, guys. Nice to see you again. The thing is, I can't wrap my head around his <laughs> Ethereum. <laughs> uh, many people are criticizing Exchange because I heard they are going to get more of the proof of share. Uh, proof of stake. Excuse me. I said proof of share because the next word was share. Proof of stake share of the pie. Absolutely, they will. I personally don't own any ETH, but after Splinterlands talking about there's more Splinter doing the special Rooney cards, I can't stop thinking that I should focus to earn more ETH. However, I'm concerned about the fees and all the gas mumbo jumbo. I was wondering too, is it a safe way for a little investor like me to test the icy Ethereum waters or everything is already lost due to the exchanges? What do you think about it, guys? Of course, it's not financial advice, but maybe, as Luthien says, maybe financial advice. Uh, oh, financial, financial advice. Excuse me, I play on words. 
thank you very much for the chance again to learn from both you guys. Uh, ooh, okay. So, yeah, the exchanges are going to be the kingpins. That's, let's be honest, that's a big reason <laughs> why it went to proof of stake. So, exchanges get more power. They are going to be the big, big, big account holders. And they're staking. And it's, yes. I hate Ethereum. I get it. And I know there's a bunch of Ethereum questions to this week. I'm not a fan of it. I hate it. And I get it. I understand why everyone loves it. I think it is like the most un-user, it's the most unfriendly user experience in the history of all online products. That's a big, bold statement. But it's up there. MetaMask is awful. If you don't do one thing right, it will cost you a ton of gas fees. Uh, and even if you do things right, it still costs you gas fees. It's it's just not, I'm not a fan of how it works. Will the merge help? I don't know enough about it. Um, but I agree with you. The Rooney thing got my attention. I'm really curious about it. I have a whole bunch of Ethereum-based tokens that... Maybe, crossing fingers, I could sell on Uniswap and get some Ethereum so I could go buy that Rooney card uh, that, that Splinterlands is doing. But it's just not a user-friendly experience uh, for, for, for people that don't really know how to use it. Now, experts like, let's say, Cal, very comfortable in that environment. That's why you see so many you know, bridges between Ethereum and Hive and Leo and, and Polygon, because he's comfortable in that environment. He understands that. But for the, for the little guy, it's, it's a learning experience. It really is. It's not that user-friendly though. I don't know. Das, what do you think about MetaMask, Ethereum? And Well, I think, you know, it, 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 it'd be like driving, learn how to drive and only doing local roads and not learning how to drive on the interstate because you're scared. Ethereum's not going away. There's too much money there. And as I've said all along, Ethereum's going to be the banker chain. And don't believe for a second the sex is the sex, CEX, the centralized exchanges, will not end up being banks. They will have to be. And do not think for a second that Coinbase will stay free of banker ring. At some point, Coinbase will be bought out by the likes of. JP Morgan or somebody like that. So they are going to be in control. I read and 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 addicted's been putting it out. And they call me Dan, who was on Monday, has been talking about this for years. Because of the switch to proof of stake, I think two wallets control like 46 or 45% of the vote, of the stake, of the of the pool. So that's what's gonna happen, is it's gonna, it's gonna end up pooling these pools are going to end up in the hands of just a few people and they're going to be running the chain now if you think that the forks of the evm are done i think you're crazy because i think there's going to be more and more forks we're not going to just have bse polygon and and whatever else is out there there will right. probably end up being dozens and dozens of forks of the ev of evm and so you know, there's going to be a lot of activity going on it, a lot of DeFi activity. And obviously, when you, you talk to the likes of Dan and Starkers, they're well aware of that. They're looking at tapping into that. They're looking at making Hive a transactional layer for those tokens. Um, but at the end of the day, 
it's well worth it to go through the exercise and learn because if you don't, I mean, that's like saying, well, there'll be nothing else built on there. I think it's just going to keep growing. Now, I, mm. I don't know about the, the announcement that you're talking, but what I do know is the fees are down compared to where they were a year ago or seven months ago. So it's probably not a bad time to start playing around. But to learn, go play on BSC. Go play on Polygon because they have very, very small fees. I think BSC costs right. you 25 or 50 cents and Polygon costs you a few cents. It's yeah, it's the same nothing. Thing. It's the same thing. You just have to switch. You know, once you learn MetaMask and learn how to switch between the chains, it's the same freaking process. Um, you know, Ethereum has probably a lot of stuff it offers. It has a lot of money. I agree with you in terms of the long-term usability. I don't see it there because of the fees. So social media is out. Probably many aspects of gaming are out. Uh, yes, you could use NFTs. Yes, you could use it for, you know, in-game assets. Okay, that, that it'll work for. But there's limitations to it. And, you know, even with Leo Glossary, you know, we had they, uh, Brian of London on. If he tried to do pod ping on Ethereum, it would cost him a fortune. If I right. tried to do Leo Glossary on Ethereum, it would cost me a fortune. Hmm. So, you know, I agree with you that Hive has a lot of advantages, but let's not overlook the big bear in the room because, you know, I think ultimately when it comes to building out what effectively could be similar to corporations, I think that's going to be on the EVMs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Vaynard follows us up. He has a little, you know, what what's the outlook on ETH after the mer merger? I, I mean, it's just like like Tass said, this is the banker coin. This is the big boy. This is th there's 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 the rumors of the flipping, right? Like it will overtake Bitcoin one day. Uh, it, it can happen because it's actually this is the thing. As much as it's got the, the high user fees and it's still got use case. It's got a big use case. It's got massive use case. And I mean, when you think about it, if you're involved, think of this. If you are a major Wall Street player, is a $100 transaction fee going to bother you when you're no. taking a $5 million or $10 million stake and moving it around or $20 million or $50 million? No, it, it doesn't bother you in the least. So that's where, you know, you and I complain because – we're moving, you know, 50 bucks and it costs us 20 bucks in transaction fees. That's the difference. Well, if we were playing with, you know, 500,000, we wouldn't care about 20 bucks, but yep. we're not playing with 500K. Yep. There you go. Uh, and Vaynard follows a little, of course, a little Splinterlands question. He mixed it in here. This is nice. Um, SPS or DC, which uh, should be the focus amongst the two? Uh, it depends. It depends on. Uh, it's real. I was really cool last yesterday. I was watching Bulldogs live stream, uh, and he was talking about how he was, uh, you know, going going all in on SPS, going all in on SPS, and then he's like, you know what? I want to get into DC, and then he kind of like talked himself out of it and said, maybe voucher is something I should look at. Uh, so it, this is what's cool about Splinterlands. There's so many different projects or pro sorry tokens that they have that all serve different use cases and needs. Myself personally. I'm SPS. I know that the more SPS I get, the more voucher I will generate. Generating DC, 
doesn't do anything for me. There's no return unless you put it into a liquidity pool or something. But I'm focusing on SPS, which in turn develops vouchers for me. So that's my angle, but that's just me. I, I did a video on this the other day, and uh, I've done videos previous on high, but I focus exclusively on Splinterland. And again, not being an insider, not being somebody who really is involved in the game. The Splinterlands is just like Leo Finance. It's just like the high ecosystem. It's so many opportunities. And as you said, you can go SPS, you can go deck. Then, of course, you got vouchers. You got all your cards. You got land. You got this. You got that coming up. You got different packs. Do you open your packs? Don't you open your packs? If you get open your packs and you get cards, what do you do? Do you rent them out? Do you sell them? There are so many options. and, And... that is very, very powerful for a platform because there's something there for everybody. Are you a player? You, 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 you explained it on Tuesday, John, how you went from an investor to an investor slash player and how that kind of changed your mindset with at least the cards because you, you went from, well, what's going to be the most valuable card or what's going to have the most alpha, what cards are going to have the most alpha right. versus well, what cards have strong alpha, but also have the utility that I need right. in the game? I could win a game by having it. Yeah. yeah and what does that do for me? And and so these are all things that as Splinterlands expands, as Leo Finance expands, I, I'm sitting on, I, I did a power up of Leo last, yesterday at 4,800. I have another almost 16,000 of Leo. I was sitting on 20,000 liquid Leo because I don't know what the fuck to do with it. And so I powered up 4,800 on LPUD and I'm trying to decide what to do with this 16,000, which I think is about a grand. Mm -hmm. And now I'm trying to say, okay, do I hold it in Leo? Do I, now that Polycub is really cheap relative to where it was. I mean, I can get a whole lot of, of, of Polycub for that. Or do I jump on the cup bandwagon? And, and these are choices they have. And, and John, I've seen you go through this. You've talked about this on the air. You go through the same thing in Sparlands. You know, where do you go? You, you mentioned, well, now I'm trying to think of three grand on a validator note. I know. It, you know, these are just all these options that are out there. And it's like, where do you go? And that's the cool thing about high. You know, and I know not all of this is exactly on high, like Polycub's on Polygon and, and Cub Finance on BSC and, you know, uh, Swearlands is on their own server, plus they have stuff on Wax, but it doesn't matter. To me, it's all in the Hive ecosystem and their tentacles that are reaching further out. So we go out there, whereas those, they're reaching further out to try to draw people in. But look at all these opportunities. And I get excited. I get called, uh, you know, uh, 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 a high fanboy and all this other bullshit. A shill, professional. And all this other shit. And, well, look at the downvotes. What are you, a fucking idiot? (laughs) I mean, the downvotes? Look at Splinterlands. What downvotes are there in Splinterlands? Look at Leo Finance, uh, uh, Polycub, Cub Finance. Look at all these other options. You know, Rising Star. I, I mentioned that the other day. That keeps showing up on 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 uh, on more uh, of my feed because I guess that's getting more popular. Somebody who I really respect put up a post. He's jumping into Hash Kings. Don't know crap about that game, but you know what? That's out there. So, and then of course we got CyberX uh, 
keeps working forward. I mean, who knows what that'll look like. Look at all these opportunities and you're sitting there worried about downvotes. It's like, you know, okay, I understand if you're a content creator, but it sucks. Well, figure out a workaround. Don't let it discourage you. You know, get involved in CTP. I don't see a lot of downvoting on CTP. Get some CTP tokens. Then get you some listeners. Then, you know, that'll get you some other stuff down the road because I'm sure CTP and listener uh, holdings will relate to other projects you bring out in some way, shape, or form. You know, get some Leo finance and then, you know, start powering up. Get more Leo, Leo, uh, not Leo finance, get Leo token powered up. Get more Leo, then get in Polycub or or uh, Cub Finance or just hold it and, and keep powering it up till the new microblogging airdrop takes place whenever the hell that'll happen. I mean, there's so many different ways to approach this these days and more keep showing up. And Splinterlands, I mean, I got off on a tangent here with Hive, but Splinterlands is leading the charge. Even for somebody who doesn't pay attention to what the hell's going on, it seems like every couple months there's new opportunities to earn, to grow your stake, to make money, and you know, to get rewarded. And last month or a few weeks ago was this soccer game and announced, well, your SPS holders are going to get you some of these soccer tokens. Great. I don't know shit about what this soccer game is going to be, but I'm going to get a few tokens. Not as much as John, certainly not as much as McSpadden. But you know what? What did I put into it? Not a whole hell of a lot. And I'll get some tokens. And, you know, then I have a dis- choice. What do I do with them? Do I hold them and see if this game takes off? Do I sell them and get more SPS? Do What do you do? Those are opportunities. And it has nothing to do with blogging. Or the downvotes. Yeah, for sure. Or downvotes or curation or upvotes. Or can you write 500 or 1,000 words? It has nothing to do with that. If you want to do that, fine. But look at all the shit I just went through on this five-minute tirade that has nothing to do with any of that. Stop letting the excuses. We'll go back to last week. Stop letting the excuses stop you. Stop letting other people stop you. If you don't find success in one area, shift, go to another area. There's, you know, hundreds of different opportunities on high. Amen. Preach it, Pastor. NFT BBG. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Any thoughts on listeners? Yes, listeners is amazing. It's still 95% CTR. Uh, It's great. It's wonderful. And uh, we love it. That's it. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's again, you got one developer part time. Starting next week, he goes full time. Give it some time. Patience, grasshoppers. List nerds, CTP, there's a couple applications, one which I know about, two that I don't know about that are on tap, and we'll see what happens. I mean, it's like, you know, give it another six months. I mean, it sucks that we keep saying, wait another six months, wait another six months, but that's just how things go. Mm. These guys are building. Leo Finance is building. Splinterlands is building, and they're all doing it in a bear market. Speak Network's building. Yep. We are showing up each and every day, and uh, the product as it's working is fantastic. Really good interaction. This is most of these questions are from listeners. Um, people saw my post, and I'm still getting 95%, even higher click-through rates, which is great. So, anywho, uh, it's fantastic. There's a really good post. Um, Shanabir did it, like, last week or something, and it was just it was absolutely fantastic. It broke down 
why your traffic increases like 300% with using listeners. Look at the use case for it. Look at what this is doing. Um, I know people want me to talk about price and inflation and all that. It's way down. <laughs> the inflation has been really axed because everyone wanted it. So it's it's there. Now it's just looking at the use case of it. It's working. It's fantastic. It's driving traffic to people's blog, blog posts. The interaction and engagement is there. Uh, it's just continuing to build. So there you go. It's a marketing tool. If you think about it, if there was no token associated with it, would everybody be creaming in their pants at a 95% open rate? Of course you would. I mean, this is unheard of in the email marketing world. And here's a application. Now, the only reason you have those damn click-through rates, uh, open rates, excuse me, is because uh, of the tokenization. But here's something where you can send out a post and get a 90 or 95% open rate. That is unheard of. And then if it is a Hive post, most of the people, because they are Hiveians, will read the article, especially if it's something they're interested, leave a comment, perhaps give an upvote. That's what I do. I upvote tons of content, and it's usually from listeners, I see. So, use case. Our friend says, the cost of goods and services in fiat currencies is rising globally. This is generally called inflation. How, if at all, does flat, infl flat inflation excuse me, affect crypto inflation? As a result, should sound money cryptos outperform fiat? I will let this guy to the left of me handle this as I sit back and listen. <laughs> sound money. Sound money is a term for fixed money. And fixed money always pulls. So don't buy into the bullshit of sound money. And inflation, actually inflation is expansion of the money supply. It's not an increase in goods and prices. You will have an increase in goods and prices from an expansion of the money supply uh, if, or let me phrase it this way, an increase in prices can result from an increase in the money supply, but do not have to result in an increase in the money supply. And what we have taken place here about the price of goods and services, which by the way, Generally, across the board, services have not increased since 2019. The price of services are still below the 2019 level. The price of goods, some goods are up. Some goods have plummeted. Look at the price of computers, what happened. They skyrocketed and they've dropped like a brick. Televisions, things of that nature. Now, of course, we still have gas. We still have food. We still have many other forms of energy that are, are elevated. But they shut down the global economy. So, so you've had price increases due to supply chain issues. And you hear about this in the automobile industry. Everybody's talking about the chips. Oh, well, these car companies can't get any chips. So that that's the reason why they're not pushing out as many cars. And that's why car lots, you know, new car lots are empty and the prices are going through the roof. Well, there's a, some validity to that. And so when you want to look at what's taking place, Everybody wants to say, oh, well, it's just the money supply. Well, with the U.S. dollar, the money supply hasn't been increasing in 15 years because dollars are created by the commercial banks and lending, not necessarily funding, because mm -hmm. a lot of entities got funded through the capital markets by floating bonds. That's not new money. New money comes from commercial banks, from depository banks. And this is the same and true with the euro 
uh, the yen and the pound. They all operate under this fractional uh, reserve banking uh, lending type system. So when you have a flat money supply in terms of the dollars that are out there, and then you have a problem with your collateral, which we've had since the great financial crisis, that affects the overnight lending markets, which are in extreme problems. You have major issues of sustainable growth. And that's what everybody misses is if global trade expands, which over time, global trade just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Guess what? You need more money to sustain that. Why? Think about it logically. People want to be fucking paid. So if they don't, if you don't have the money to pay people, how can you expand your business? If you can't expand your business and you, you put that across an entire economy, you are not going to have economic growth. You are going to have at best anemic economic growth, which we've had in Japan for 30 years. We've had in the EU for more than a decade and we've had it for more than a decade in the United States. We've had anemic growth since the great financial crisis. And this is costing trillions of dollars in economic productivity that could be going into people's pockets. So what trying to uh, ascribe a monetary problem to everything is a mistake because there's many, many variables, many, many components to all of this. So how does this relate to crypto? This actually was the topic of my article this morning. Since we have a US dollar deficiency in the real economy and what the Fed prints and what central banks prints are not legal tender. So they don't get into the real economy. Since we had a collateral shortage, a major collateral shortage in the euro dollar system, we do not have the money out there either domestically in the US and it's the same in the EU, and it's certainly the same in Japan, although Japan also has demographic issues on top of that. And there isn't the ability to expand the global economy or the global money supply. And so what you have is you have basically an impasse in terms of growth. And that's why growth is slowing across the world. Cryptocurrency, in my opinion, can really kickstart this because we have about a trillion dollar market cap and that's just a drop in the bucket. Trust me when I tell you, we need probably about $20 trillion to feed the global economy to kickstart global growth. That means you need cryptocurrency to, to experience a serious upside to have the money to do things to fund and invest projects. Because guess what happens? If a bank is not giving out a loan or if somebody's not taking out a loan to open up a second restaurant and going and putting a mortgage on the house to open the second restaurant, that economic productivity is not there. Now, if that person goes to open up a restaurant and gets turned down for the loan because banks aren't lending because it's risky, guess what happened? The economic productivity is not realized. Obviously, if that money, if the money supply increased by $250,000, and was given to that person to open up this restaurant and fund the restaurant. And if that person obviously knew what the hell they were doing, it would create more jobs, it would create more uh, economic value and would expand the economy. And that's what's happening all over the world. And so, you know, what little funding we've had the last 15 years is these zombie corporations. Well, it's not only zombie, it's also apples of the world and all these companies going and floating bonds which is fine, but that's not creating new money. That's just taking from existing dollars or existing euros and doing that for stock buybacks. Mm. That doesn't help the general economy. And that's the problem that we're looking at. That's why I say with cryptocurrency, the big thing is 
to get the financial infrastructure in place so we can start to create more cryptocurrency and then get into the investing and funding where all of a sudden cryptocurrency is used to build a plant, where cryptocurrency is used to fund a game that creates millions of dollars in economic value. Look at Splinterlands. I mean, Splinterlands could end up being a billion dollar game. That's a lot of economic value being generated by one game. And so that's what you need to spread it out. And how do you get that? Well, developers want to be paid money. You know, engineers want to be paid money. People who put up plants and buildings want to be paid money. Uh, marketing people, advertising people, accounting people, financial people, they all want to be paid money. You know, and then to build a lot of this stuff out requires computers. It requires raw materials like cement and bricks and all this stuff. You know, that all takes money. So that's where I think people lose the idea of, well, if there's a lot of money, it'll just start the price of uh, prices have to go up. No, you also have to take into account investing and funding and building and ROI and stuff like that, because that's what a CFO looks at. A CFO at Tesla is sitting there when Elon says, I need a billion dollars to build the plan. Well, what's it going to cost? What, what, and I got a good interest rate. He doesn't care about the interest rate. The CFO is saying, what's our return? Well, we won't make money for five years, then we'll make 1%. Screw you, get the hell out of here. But if Elon says we'll make 75% a year, you know, the CFO doesn't care if it's a 20% mortgage. That's how they look at it. What is the return? What is happening with the money? And all the money that Agrode and Matt and whoever else spent with Splinterland, as you can see, just look at the economic value where it is now. Project that out three, four, five years. If this is a billion, a billion and a half, $2 billion in economic value, obviously that's money well spent. So printing new money to create Splinterland is probably a pretty good idea in my mind. So that that's how you have to take a look at things. And that's why he answered it and I didn't. Thank you for the question, Arpre. Well, you were talking about that before on air, and I appreciate you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I gave you all the insight. Yeah, yeah. He's just regurgitating what I told him. Uh, Mr. David Armstrong, who was watching on Vim, uh, wants to know: There's over 700 second layer tokens listed on high, listed on Hive Engine. Only around 100 of these have volume in the past 24 hours. Most of them are related to the Hive games, excluding the gaming tokens. I'm finding an e I am finding an easy way to determine all the use case for the remaining. Hive Engine tokens. Take One Up, for example. I understand it is promoted as the top gaming community on Hive, but I was also trying to find out about the other use cases in development as well. How to proceed for it and others. Um, yeah, I mean, the the One Up thing is interesting. It's it's gone through uh, you know change of ownership. Uh, we were some of the angel investors in it. Uh, I have no idea where we stand in that anymore because the the shift of ownership of the the token, um, the use case for it is it's it's a it's a front end, uh, it's a token for talking about gaming and NFTs, and then they have the liquidity pools. I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't really looked into it much lately. Um, again, this it kind of comes back to you know use case development and community. Uh, it's my three core, um, you know primary factors I need to determine, you know, the use case for the validity, let's say of, of a token. And it doesn't even have to be on coin market cap. It can be on hive engine. Mm. If the project has use case development and community, I'll take a look. Leo finance has it all. All the Splinterland stuff has it all. 
CTP and listeners, I know people don't really like us, but we have it all. We have that. We have the development, the use case, and the community. So, you know, that's that's what I would do for any of these projects. Yeah, there's a because it costs barely anything to create a token. I think it's like a hundred B, which is like maybe ten bucks or something uh, to to create one of these tokens. So it's nothing to throw up a token and say, "Ta-da! Here's our token." It's the development of it. It's the continued promotion of it, the talking about it, the using of it. Um, that's that's where I put my attention. Um, and I'm by no means, you know, the, the staunchest investor here, but that's what I do. I look at use case development and community. If it's there, no matter what the token, no matter what the front end, no matter what the exchange it's on or, or listing service is on, that's what helps me. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you got a lot of, a lot of garbage out there. I mean, let's be honest. Um, you know, a lot of it is similar to the ICO craze. People mm -hmm. might have a great idea, but can they pull it off? And this is why you will find anybody who watches our show for a few weeks. Um, we keep going back to the same thing because that's where we see exactly what John talked about. Now, does that mean everything is, you know, everything is garbage? No, we don't know every project that's out there. We can't follow every project. Uh, as I said, I related about Rising Star, Hash Kings. Now, I don't know if these, these projects have tokens, these games. But, I mean, this is just stuff I'm seeing from going through and watching what people are posting on Leo Finance. Maybe it's worth taking a look. Uh, you know, I'm in SPI. I was in SPI in the earliest days. I was in LBI in the earliest days. I have income token. I have EDS, the Eddy token. These are income tokens, and they're different funds that provide a return. I'm in the seed pro. pro I got the seed token. So, you know, there. if you have your income token and you can look and see what's going on, then you can get an ROI there. Um but outside of that, you, you have to go back to exactly what John said, because if there is no development and, and there's not if this stuff's not talked about, what's going to pull it out of the abyss? Mm -hmm. And as you said, I mean, out of 700, 100, only 100 have any volume. And I hypothesize most of that 100 has minimal volume because there's not a lot of volume on Hive Engine at all. Um, you know, what is all this stuff? And so... Right. You know, it, it reminds me of the penny stock world. You can go in and, and look at, you know, thousands of penny stock companies and many of them have good stories, but it's garbage. You know, and everybody's looking for the Toys R Us and you might or the Microsoft and you might find it, but odds are against you. And so there might be some thousand Xers in those high engine tokens, but I'd be very careful. You better you better look at what's going on and what John said, his three criteria, I, I, I stand by that too. That's where you have at least a fighting chance. No guarantees, but at least a fighting chance. Hmm. Uh, we'll combine a couple questions here. My path to fire and yeah, Kingo, uh, you know, they wanted to talk about Ethereum. So I'll just, I'll touch on that in a second here. Uh, but what do I think is best? My path of fire wants to know DC or SPS. I, I touched on that earlier. I think it's they're both fantastic. I'm just into SPS because I love the, the governance token and that I can actually earn it now from playing the game. So uh, I'm I'm in all the liquidity pools to get more SPS. Uh, I stake my SPS. 
So that's for me personally. But BC again is the the pegged. They're trying to peg ish it, and uh, it's used for purchasing cards and purchasing things inside the game. So it's it's whatever you really want it for. You know the the use case. There's both use cases for that. As for the merge, uh, again, if you if you're if you're doubting Ethereum, you haven't been paying attention. Um, how do I think, uh, you know, it's going to go? I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm more interested, like we were mentioning earlier about the, the Rooney card for Splinterlands. <laughs> That's my Ethereum attention right now. Uh, try to figure out how I can flip some, some stuff I got on, on Uniswap for, for some Ethereum so I can get that thing ready to rock. Uh, but that's, that's what I don't know enough about Ethereum to tell you how it's going to go or if it's not going to go. Uh, do I think it's going to overtake Bitcoin? It could because it got real use case. So big time use case. So let's, let's dive into Jimmy's question here. Uh, not so much of a fixated on price question, but just curious to hear your thoughts. Is it there a realistic situation where Bitcoin drops to 10K but Hive goes up to two or three dollars. How Bitcoin goes, Hive goes, at least for now. What do you think, Tass? Because it's most crypto is attached to Bitcoin. Like as Bitcoin goes, it it kind of it kind of fluctuates. Hive though has not always been that way. Uh, we've never had these. Sometimes we have big explosions, but it's never Hive goes up and Bitcoin goes down, or Bitcoin goes up and Hive goes down. It's very they're not necessarily attached, but overall they are. Um, but there is a little bit of difference, I think, but I, I'm not sure, I, you know, I, what would take Hive to get off that Bitcoin? Well, I, I, I think what you're talking about is certainly Bitcoin influences sentiment and, and everything tends to follow the sentiment. So if, if Bitcoin's dropping like a rock, most everything else will, there will be exceptions. But when the downward trend is down, you can think, think that most tokens and, and coins will be whacked. And the same thing on the upside. So when the bull runs, most everything gets lifted to some degree. Uh, you know, how does Hive get to two bucks? The Koreans pump it. I mean, we've seen that time and time again. In terms of a sustained move, um, I think we need some major development breakthroughs. And I, I don't think you're going to get any of that. I mean, I like half. I like the the uh, delegation of, of resource credits. I like what Speak Network's doing. But quite frankly, I don't think you're going to see that until we get smart contract capability on the second layer. And I don't know when that's coming or, or how soon, um, because that's what's going to allow for the development of some very interesting projects that could pull people in directly to hide. Uh, you know, but then uh, that could be out the window because all of a sudden if Splinterlands takes off and you know, they have to get a million more accounts or a million and a half accounts. That'll have some difference. Uh, you know, does does if we see Project Blank here in the next few months, I don't know what the time frame is, but if that rolls out, could that all of a sudden get 50 or 75,000 active users on Hive? Perhaps. Um you know, maybe CyberX, if they do, I, I haven't wa watched them lately, but they were targeting having something out at the end of the year. Does that do something? I, I don't know. Uh, and that'll be interesting to go through a high fest and see what some of these development teams are saying in terms of their timelines, uh, if they give them. Because all of a sudden, if you get something out there that starts, and we don't need all that many people. I mean, keep that in mind. We get 50,000 people active coming to Hive. 
that'll send this up probably to two bucks. Uh, mm -hmm. The problem is, is getting 50,000 active people because we, I don't know what we average, eight or 10,000 active people a day. Uh, so, you know, that's really, a, it's a very interesting dynamic because there's so many different ways to go. But I think one of the easiest mental frameworks to operate from is the resource credits. Resource credits require high power. And if you look at high power or resource credits as, quote, your gas fee, we just need to up the transactions and the number of people using it. So they all need 100, 150, 200, 300 uh, high power effectively. Then you just do the math and say, okay, how do we suck up 50 million? Uh, how many people do you need to suck up 50 million uh, high? at 300 a piece then you just do do a little division and of course it's not necessarily that many users because a lot of it's going to be driven by the apps the apps are going to be the ones that are going to delegate the resources so they're going to have to get the high power to make sure they have enough resource credits and you know nobody's going to be able to gauge that so you say okay we'll plan maybe we'll get ten thousand, but we better plan and, and get enough resource credits in case we get twenty thousand. So you right. go get the, the resource credit. So you go and buy the hive and power it up. So these are all, all things that I think come into play. But it all comes back to users. It comes back to that network effect. And so far, we have not broken that mold. It just hasn't happened yet. Well, thank you for the question, Jimmy. And finally, we got Lisa. Um, and she's actually got a Hive Engine token question because she actually created a Hive Engine token. It's called the Time Token. Uh, and she hasn't done a lot with it. She added it to Pizza Plan, which is her business, as a payment option, uh, which she used HivePay for, just saying. Uh, but it really isn't worth much. I guess what I'm asking is, what can I do with it? She's kind of stuck. Um, I think this is a big cycle of life. This is a big, beautiful cycle of life. You've got to make your project and product attractive. So let's not even talk about Time Token. Let's talk about Pizza Plan, which is her business. You create a buzz around it you create some strategic marketing strategies to raise awareness get people excited do promos do contests people will want to be a part of the pizza plan now a side benefit of that is that one of the upgrades of the pizza plan is the rebranding and whatever which you can use the time token for so you can sneakily kind of mention that hey if you use the time token to upgrade I'll give you a discount or, or whatnot so that you get people actually wanting the token because there's a big use case for it. But to me, and this is just one little, one little step to do, but it's, it's the, it's the, the, the easiest thing I think that any marketer could do to get real use case for their token is to promote the business that uses the token. So create the hype, the attention, uh, the, 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 the reason that people would want to spend money with you first that's where it comes from it comes from the the attraction to pizza plan do that consistently and then you, when you they log in and there's a little offer you say hey if you use the time token you get a 50 percent discount or something what is the time token here's a link you can go buy it uh you can earn it you can you know you can do some 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 giveaways or something you can do little promos with it to raise awareness because you want to get distribution of it as well uh, but i think it starts with the product or service like we need listeners to be superior so people want the token. We need CTP as, as a whole to be superior so they want the token. Regardless of everything we'd like to say, 
that's what people are attracted to the shiny objects so you got to make your object shiny that's a quote right there you can make your object shiny what do you think that well I, I think this speaks to all of crypto forget it forget the crypto forget the tokenization forget the token you have to build the business it, it goes back to, to to what you've been doing for 20 years john it goes it's business building 101 and, and as i was saying listeners fuck the token who cares about the token what is listeners it's an email marketing program that has an incredible click-through rate think of that that's what it is that's the product that the ctp team has to keep building on and improve upon who cares about the token now the token as i said is tied into it because that's how you get the clip through rates and then of course you always have to work your tokenomics but you have to focus and teams need to focus on the business right. and too many want to just oh i tokenize this and then i'll do these burns and all this and the token and it's like who gives a shit? Your company is still crap. There's nothing there. What is your business? What is the purpose of the business? And that's where CTP people with the entrepreneurial mindset should be drooling at this. Because you have you have people involved in cryptocurrency this far. Most of it are not entrepreneurs. They are development type people. And some of the development type people have very good entrepreneurial sense. But a lot of them do not. And then you have people who got in who just said, well, it's just all the tokenization. And if I tokenize this, this will be successful. Why are John and I excited about Project Blank? It's not because tokenize Twitter. Right. It's because here is a platform, potentially, an application that allows us to do what we can do on Twitter without being tied to Twitter, without having the risk of our accounts being canceled, with the ability to do this on blockchain, to be part of a bigger ecosystem. And oh, by the way, you can earn some blank tokens or whatever the hell it's going to be called. That is very powerful. And it's part of listeners. It's part of blogging. It's part of three speak. It's part of the app that I know about that John and Blaine are working on. And all of a sudden you can start to see as a content creator, now we have a plethora of marketing tools that Project Blank is a part of. That's the right. role they fill. Now, the fact that they each have their tokens and there will be a proof of brain token on, on 3Speak and there's a pro token on listeners and there will be a blank token and there's, you know, tokens on CTP, Leo Finance, Hive, you know, STEM Geeks, all these other platforms, fine. But that's not the function they serve and that's not where the business comes from some of them it is and that's why they're lagging but when you look at ctp and what blaine eliana and john are trying to do they're building a business that these tokens are incorporated i've said don't add more tokens build the value on them but have the business reflected based upon that that's what leo finance is doing that's what speak network's doing that's what three speaks doing that's what mm -hmm. these projects that hit, we, we killed it today. That's what Splinterlands is doing. You know, why are people asking, well, should I get SBS or DEC? Because there's value right. in the platform, exactly. the game, the ecosystem. That's the there's value there. There's a business being built there. Mm -hmm. And it's a growing business. It's a more successful business. And the more successful the business, the more successful the game, the more the value 
the cards will have, the tokens will have, because you presume there will be more players. Mm. That's what it comes down to. So, Eliana, business built in 101. Forget your token. Now, John's right. You can use that as a marketing. You can use it for contest. You can use it giveaway. You can incorporate it. There's a lot of different things. But you still have to build the core business. You right. have to go out and get more subscribers, users, players, uh, buyers, customers, clients, whatever it is for products, for service, whatever you're selling, you have to do that. Now, they don't necessarily have to give you money because as Facebook proves, the network effect can create tremendous value. But you ultimately have to monetize this somehow, some way, shape or form. But again, going back to what John's doing for the past 20 years, to get people to give you money, you better have something, a reason for them to give you money. You better have something worthwhile. And that's not just putting up a, a page, a landed page, and says, oh, look, buy my product. Here's a here's a, a, a whatever. No, you better build value. You need to engage. You build, you use business building 101. Whether it's online, whether it's affiliate marketing, whether it's finance, whatever it is, you have to build. Hmm. You've, you've got to make your business attractive. And I don't mean it by, yes, the, the standard is, you know, getting a nice website, making it look good, creating social media presence, yada, yada, yada. But you've got to give people a reason to be attracted to it. Um, you know, just quickly, because we're running late here. But um, I did this last night in the show and, and Lisa, you know, asked the question and she'll re remember it. I just, I showed this little thing that I printed out and it was just a little promo I did probably about seven years ago. Uh, it was for my blog before steam and hive. I was, this was plus one daily was my blog. Uh, and I just created a little contest here. I said, snap a, snap a picture of a quote, uh, use the hashtag plus one daily and uh, share it on Instagram, share it on Twitter. And I used to give out books like physical books. I would do a book of the week and I would send a book of the week out to one of my subscribers. So something like that to raise awareness, because what it does is it gets people excited. Now, I'm not saying you got to go buy a book every week and send it to someone, but creating little fun things that don't take a lot of effort per se, but people can share it. They can do something with it that will raise awareness to pizza plan to get people excited that is what Task is talking about. It's like not the token. We're not even talking about the token. We're talking about the business. Make the business, treat it like Splinterlands. Splinterlands didn't even have a token when it started. It had cards. It didn't even have a game. It didn't even have a game. That's what they focused on. The focus was making that attractive. That was what was exciting. That's what the what if, oh, look what we're going to do. And now four years later, look at it. So I'm not I'm not comparing Pizza Plan to that. I'm just saying treat it like the core, the business is what matters. Make that as attractive, attract people to it, get them excited about it. Then you just plug the token in. Then it's an well, and also it goes back to what is your your unique service proposition? What do you do? Right. What role do you fill? What do you give to people? What what is it that you are de there to deliver? And again, right. this is you know this isn't crypto stuff. This is just you know, business, go yeah. look at any business book and they'll tell you, figure out what the hell your market is. What are you looking at delivering to the market and giving people? And if you do that and remember the, the number one rule of sales, people don't buy the steak, they buy the sizzle. Yeah. So you can use tokenizations. You can use your token to help with the sizzle, but if you have all sizzle and no damn steak, you're just hyping. And you, at the end of the day, 
even though they buy the sizzle, somebody's going to look at the plate and say, where the hell's the steak? You know, it sounded good coming out of the, out of the, the kitchen, but there's no steak here. Build the business, build your customer list, build your email list, build your subscriber list, whatever it is, and market it. Write about it. Put it on Leo Finance. Hell, I Constantly. should know, Eliana, because I see your name. I should know every, not every detail, but I should know most of the details about your project because right. I'm on Leo Finance every day. Have you been putting up a post about your business at least once a week, probably two or three times a week would be more preferential. Have you been doing that? Because yeah. if you have, I have not seen your post, but I, I should come across your post. That's the number one thing you need to do. Get the people in Hive understanding what it is. Because if I don't know the details of your business and you're on my radar, I see your name. So I will click on your stuff. Why don't I, why am I not clicking on your stuff? You're not putting it out there. Business 101. Yep. And then the great thing about Hive is you can get, as John and the CTP crew does, and so does Leo Finance, guess what? Tap into the, pun intended, Hive mind, the ability to access other people's ideas. I mean, we all like to share ideas and, and be recognized for how smart we are, even if we're not smart. So ask people, you know, all of a sudden you start putting this up, people will be throwing out ideas at you. And maybe 90% of them are stupid and you say, bag that, thank you for your idea. Under your breath, you say, dumbass, don't type that. Um, but then you <laughs> get one or two good ideas and say, oh, crap, I never thought of that. And, you know, that might take you to the next level. Might all of a sudden get you 100 more followers, whatever. Yep. And it's not limited to the business. You can do this as a content creator. Treat yourself as the business. Yeah, right. Well, that, Everything you do talking. should be business mindset. So, and the kids are going crazy. So, uh, I guess that's that, the, the cue to shut the hell that, up and turn that, the that's show the off. Cue, man. They, they were quiet for an hour and ten minutes, and now it's like the the madness is starting. So, great questions, guys. Thank you very much for. Thank you, for, everybody, for participating, and those who showed up on the live stream. We do appreciate you coming and uh, helping us out in that way and being loyal followers. Yes, absolutely. Um, and thank you. Have a great weekend. Uh, we'll be back next week. Lots of fun stuff happening. Uh, again, happy Hive Fest weekend. You guys go out there uh, and keep creating. Uh, keep uh, keep building, keep stacking, keep accumulating, and we'll be golden. Hopefully. Anyways, <laughs> later. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Cryptomaniacs podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to hanging out with you again next week.